Well, I um, had, a, had a wonderful childhood growing up. I, I lived at home until my wedding day. I was at home until til I was 26 years of age, and then I got married to my wonderful wife, Michelle, and then we you know, got, our, got our own house and all that. But those first 26 years living at home were just, were just wonderful. And the reason they were wonderful is because of my mum. And everyone went, is my mum here today? She's mostly asleep. This is a really good day to talk about her. Let me tell you why it was so wonderful living at home for 26 years with my mum. Let me tell you why. Because she cooked all my meals. She washed all my clothes. She ironed all my clothes, including my underpants. Does anyone iron underpants? One person irons underpants. Anyone else? Two people iron underpants. Why do you iron your underpants? Does anyone iron bed sheets? Bed sheets? Any, anyone iron socks? Weirdos, weirdos, right? She cleaned the house, cleaned the room, cleaned the bathroom. It was like living in a hotel, 26 years of hotel living, and then I got married and everything changed. Yeah. It was, it was a wonderful start. Turn to the person next to you. Does that describe your growing up in your childhood? Turn to the person next to you. He's <laughs> married. Alrighty, let's have a show of hands. Who had the same experience as I had? Hands up. Who had the same experience? Look at these ones at the front. Yeah. Who had the total opposite experience? Had to do everything for yourself. Who was in between? Who was like a bit of both? Who a bit of both people? Awesome. You know, the, the, the reason I share that is because I, I reckon people, some people treat God and think of God like my mum, where they expect God to do everything for them. They can just relax and go about life and... And if they have a difficulty, they expect God to step in. If there's a problem, God will step in. If um, that they don't expect themselves to have any part in God achieving his purposes. My uh, title for today is this, and Mel just said it in your testimony, which you didn't know you were going to say that, but it was beautiful. It's as, as we step out, God steps in. You know, in the scriptures, it's not like my story growing up of being at home. God partners with us. God chooses to work with us in seeing his will achieved on earth. God partners with us. God prepares us for what he wants us to do. He then speaks to us clearly about his will for our lives. Then we have a choice to shrink back in fear and not do it or to step out And be courageous to what God wants us to do. And as we step out, God steps in and does incredible things in our lives. Here is it summarized, and this is what we're going to look at today. Four things. Number one, God prepares us. God speaks to us. We step out. God steps in. God prepares us for what he wants us to do. God speaks to us his will through his word, through other people, through visions, dreams, prophetic voice. God speaks in lots of different ways, but God speaks to us about his will. Then we have a choice to step out courageously and be obedient. And as we do that, God steps in and incredible things happen. We see it in the, in the life of Moses. God prepared Moses for 80 years before the burning bush experience, 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the desert, and then God speaks to him. I want you to go to Pharaoh, 
and tell him to let my people go. Now, Moses was, hang on a second, can you send someone else? I stutter, I don't speak well, can you send someone else? And no, I'm sending you. And Moses eventually went, all right, I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to step out. And as Moses stepped out, God stepped in. The plagues and God set his people free. We see with Abraham, God prepared him for 70 years. He was with his family in Ur. He left Ur, left his family, took his wife, he took his nephew Lot, and went to the land that God had spoke to him about, the land of Cana. Abraham stepped out in obedience, and as he stepped out, God blessed him. Abraham was the most blessed man on the planet. All the world was blessed through him. That's obviously one of his descendants, Jesus. And we see this also in our own lives. Before we're a Christian, God prepares our hearts and our minds to hear the gospel. God prepares us. Then we, God speaks to us. He speaks to us. The, his message of the gospel might be through the Bible as we've read it ourselves. It might be through a preacher. It might be through a friend. It might be through an alpha video where God speaks. Then, after we've heard the gospel, we have a choice. Do I respond yes or am I going to say no? When we say yes, we step out and say, God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. And as we do that, God steps into our life. He rejuvenates us. He sanctifies us. He takes us on a journey of sanctification and transformation for a life that looks more and more like Jesus. God prepares us. He speaks to us. We step out and God steps in. And this is what we see, friends, in Joshua's life and also in the book of Joshua. We see how God prepares Joshua. He speaks to Joshua about his future. Joshua responds courageously. And as they do that, God steps in and does some incredible work. I want to take you to, to uh, Joshua chapter 3 this morning. If you've got your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen, but we're going to look at Joshua chapter 3. Is it too cold in this room? No. Who thinks it's too cold? Hands up. Colleen? Too cold? Can we fit a little bit? Who thinks it's okay? Who's hot? People are hot. All right, if you're hot, you've got to sit under an air conditioner. And if you're cold, you've got to sit over there. <laughs> I don't know. Do something. Colin, can you Colin in the room? Can you fix it? It's all right? All right. Can you cuddle? Matthew, can you cuddle your mum for me? That will help us. Because um, I know it's a bit cool up here, which is good for me. Joshua, Joshua is the sixth book in the New Testament. No, Old Testament. Sixth book in the Old Testament. It was written about 1,500 years, or it was set about 1,500 years before Jesus. And as in preparation, I found this cool picture that, 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 that had this thing here. And it talks about this uh, land of Cana and the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea, Jordan River, Sea of Galilee. And it had this really cool picture of, of, of where the books of the Bible were set. It talks about Genesis being set here. Well, actually, Genesis is over here and over here and down here and up there. So Genesis is in lots of different places. Exodus is in Egypt. Leviticus at Mount Sinai, Numbers wandering in the desert, Deuteronomy up here, and then Joshua is them crossing the river as also judges. That's where the books are set. I thought that was helpful. And, uh, and uh, what we see, the first thing, is that God prepared Joshua for the thing that he wanted him to do. Two weeks ago, I brought this message, and I showed you seven ways that God had prepared him. Here they are again. Number one, Joshua was part of the Exodus. He saw the hand of God getting the people out. He was a leader of the tribe of Ephraim. That's the message Samantha brought last week, um, going into the promised land. Three, he led the Israelites into battle. Four, he knew God. He knew God personally. 
He was Moses' assistant. Moses mentored him. He taught him, trained him in what he wanted to do. He was commissioned by Moses. And finally, he was the second oldest guy. God prepared him. And at the age of 70, God speaks to him and says this. God spoke to Joshua and says this. Well, doesn't say this yet. This is the first verse. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. This is what God said to him. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from. And then he goes to this list of places. I found a map, which I think was also helpful. So the red line is the land that God, and this is this person, what, what the person thinks it was. That's the land that God promised Joshua and the Israelites. It's a huge land. They'd, they'd already had this bit here, and they're about to cross over. I think Jericho is under Jerusalem. Across here. No, up here. I must be above because it's yeah, above. Here. They're about to cross here into the promised land that God had said. Now, for Joshua, having to lead these people, some two million people, into a brand new land, into a land where there's armies and walls and giants like Charles Pretorius and Marcelo, like big men, and these little, like little Jewish people like me go, oh my goodness, aren't they big? Aren't they scary? It was a really big deal for Joshua, really big deal. And Joshua freaks out and he's nervous about the thing that God wanted him to do. And so God says to him in Joshua 1.9, Joshua, be strong and, what's the word? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You do not need to be afraid, Joshua, because I am with you. Beautiful, beautiful passage. God spoke to him then. And then in Joshua chapter 2, that's Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 2, Joshua sends out two spies across the river to go to Jericho. We have the story of Rahab, and they come back and report to Joshua, wow, the people are freaking out. They've heard the stories about us. They've heard what God has done in Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, how you've looked after them as they wandered the desert, as they beat the Amalekites, as they beat the armies on the western side, the people on the no, eastern side, the people on the western side of the Jordan River, they're freaking out. Because of the Israelites, because of the Lord they got and what they're about to do, which brought great courage to Joshua. And then we have Joshua chapter 3, and God speaks to Joshua again. And in this verse, we have Joshua's retelling of what God said to him. Here it is. Oh, there's the, there's the river. We'll get there in a second. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perites, them, them, the Amorites, and the, and, and the Jebusites. Verse 11. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Now here's a picture of the uh, Jordan River. 
Apparently, that's a Jordan. Never been there. Not my picture. I found it online. And, and there's a picture of it in flood. Now, we don't know if this is the area they crossed, but you've got to imagine that, that the Jordan River excuse me, is in flood and the water is moving quickly. And there was no way for two million people and all their belongings and all their cattle to get from one side of the river safely. They didn't do a bridge. And if they didn't, if they built a bridge, how long would it take for two million people to walk across? Like it would take weeks to get that many people across. Crazy. God did a miracle that he stopped the water like he did in the Red Sea. He stopped the water up at a town called Adam. We find that out out later, which is 28 kilometers north of Jericho. He stopped the water there, which enabled them to cross over. The water wasn't trickling. It was in flood stage. And God did a miracle and separated the water. Now, I want to break down this this uh, verse from Joshua chapter 3, verse 11 through 13. Verse 11 talks about the Ark of the Covenant. And then it talks about the 12 men. And then it talks about the people stepping into the water. Let's have a look at each one of these things briefly. The first thing is the Ark of the Covenant. It's talking about the gold box that God told Moses to build. It was the place where God hung out between the angels. That's where his presence was. Now, God's everywhere, of course. But it was also a symbolic for the Israelites so that they knew that God was with them. It was a visual imagery to say, there's the ark. God, God sits there. He, that's his presence belongs there. So therefore, God is with us. Inside the box are the Ten Commandments, Aaron's staff, and a pot of manna. Manna is the stuff they ate in the desert, the bread, sweet bread stuff that was in, the ark of the, that, was in that box. And it was, it was the priest's responsibility to carry that wherever they went. And in this passage, God tells Joshua to get the box and bring it in front of the people because the Lord goes in front and beside, as we sang, and behind us. Before, before me, behind me, beside me, all that. So that is a picture of God going before the people. The second thing we have in this text is about the 12 men. Now, the 12 men are important because later on in the text, we find out that each one of those men was from each one of the tribes. And as they got to the middle of the river, which was bare, no water running, they were to pick up a stone each, one representing each tribe of Israel, and take it across the river and plant the 12 stones as a monument so that the people would be what reminded of what God had done. That's the reason the 12 people were there. And then finally, the priests, as soon as they set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. It's really interesting that it's as the priests step into the water that the water stops. God could have just said, okay, the water's going to stop on this day. Make sure you're there so the water stops. Or when you get close, the water's going to stop. But I reckon it was them stepping out in faith, stepping into that river, believing God is going to keep his promises, believing God's going to meet them in that place. God wanted them to step out and go, okay, God, now it's up to you. And as they did that, the water stopped some 28 kilometers north and a town called Adam. Now, this crossing of the Jordan was a significant moment for the Israelites. This is now the second time God stopped the water. When was the first time? The Red Sea. And the Red Sea was about saying to God, saying to, saying to the Israelites that Moses is, is the leader and God, I'm with you. 
I am your God. I am protecting. I'm leading you. And God does it again in Jordan as a way of saying, people, Joshua is my leader. And people, I am for you. I'm doing miracles. You can trust me. You can believe in me. So that when you go into this promised land, you have all these these battles and difficulties, you can trust me because you know that I'm with you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So God has prepared them. He's spoken to them. And now the people choose to step out. Third point, the people step out. Verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water stopped. As soon as the priests touched the water's edge, as soon as they stepped out, God met them in that place. Now, there's a big difference between God speaking to us his will and us stepping out in obedience. There can be a big difference. God's word is full of instructions about how he wants us to live, to love people, to share Jesus, how we use our finances, how we treat our wives, our children, our employers, our employees. The scripture is full of instructions on how God wants us to live. But then, in that moment when we hear God's voice, when God speaks to us from his word or through a preacher who believes, and I believe that, I, that, I, that every time I preach, I've got God's word because I pray and say, God, what do you want me to say to your people today? And I believe I'm led by the Spirit as, as, as I bring the word. So God can use what I say to um, speak to you, to direct you if you like. When you hear it, you then have a choice. Do you obey the word of the Lord or simply ignore it, disregard it, or worse than that, go against it? You have a choice when God speaks. And the choice God wants you to make is obedience, where you say, that's what your word says, God. I'm going to choose, even if I'm fearful, to be courageous and step out in obedience to the word of the Lord, to do the things that you want me to do. God wants us to be courageous and step out just like the people of Israel were courageous as they stepped, in the, as, as they stepped out into the water. And as they stepped out, God stepped in. Look at this here in verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carry the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam. It happened exactly like God said it would. As they stepped out in obedience, God moved. He did a miracle. The people crossed the river on dry ground and they saw, and I think even better than crossing the river on dry ground, was the fact that the people saw that God was with them, that God was going to work on their behalf, that he was going to do miracles which would have brought a heap of courage to them. God spoke to Joshua. Sorry, before he spoke, he prepared Joshua and he prepared the people. 
He speaks to Joshua about what he wanted them to do. And the people choose to respond courageously, choose to respond obediently and step out into that water. And as they did, God steps in and stopped the water flowing. And the people crossed the water on dry ground. And friend, this is also true for you. Judy, it's true for you. Gracie, it's true for you. It is. Margaret, it's true for you. It's true for each one of us. God prepares us. He gets us ready for the things that he wants us to do. Then he speaks to us specifically about the areas of our life that he wants us to step step out in. The things that he wants us to do today. The things that he wants us to focus on. And then we have a choice. Are we obedient or are we disobedient? If we're obedient, we choose to step out courageously. And as we do that, God steps in. He moves his hand. You see miraculous things happen. You are blown away by the work of God in your life. I've uh, shared the story a number of times about um, becoming the pastor of this church. God prepared me to be the pastor of this church. I shared about public speaking and being a soccer referee and doing mission trips and being heavily involved in church life. And then in in November 2007, I was walking around my backyard praying. Why are you smiling? Am I doing something wrong? Are you laughing at Aiden? It's okay. You can laugh with Aiden. Laughing at me, no doubt. What am I saying? 2007, November. I'm praying in the backyard. And God speaks to me. It wasn't a, Nathan, it wasn't one of them. It was an internal, it was an inner voice. Nathan, you'll be leading the church next year. I went, what was that? There was a pastor. I had no desire to lead the church. None. I was happy to serve the leader before me. That night I get a phone call saying the pastor's stepping out. Wow. It's, I'm going to be leading the church. And in that moment, I had a choice. Do I say yes or do I say no? Now, to tell you the truth, there wasn't even an inkling of thinking about saying no. It was like, all right, God, if that's what's next, that's what's next. But it took faith. It took courage. It meant me going, it was, there was only a three-day-a-week job to run the church available at the time. So I meant me saying, um, going back to school part-time, and then doing church part-time. And then at the end of that first year, I had another choice. I could go full-time at church. I had to give up my Department of Education teaching job. Now, once you get a job, if you're a teacher, and particularly for the temporary teachers, getting a job can be difficult. And once you're a teacher, giving up that job, man, that is a very, very secure job that you can have for the next 40 years. And that was a step of faith. All right, God, are you going to look after me? Can we afford it? God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. And I resigned for the department, Department of Education, and I became the pastor here. And pastor's jobs aren't secure like teaching jobs. And in that first year as a pastor, let me tell you, it was tough. We had a lot of bust-ups. There was a big disagreement around the, in the key leadership team around the direction of the church, around the beliefs in the church, around the work of the Spirit. A number of those elders wanted to get me out. They wanted to call a vote of the church and vote me out. But, and a number of the people in the congregation said, let's have another vote and vote them out. And I, and I just sense the Lord say, they will sack themselves. That's what I sense the Lord say. All right, which means do nothing. So in that first year, I just did nothing. I just kept loving people, kept loving people. And one of them did something really stupid and sacked himself. And the next person stepped out. And eventually after a year, that, that thing was settled. And then a couple of years later, we had another group. In the, and, but the last seven years have been really good and really peaceful and really unified. And the reason I share that is because 
it was really difficult. As I stepped out, it was really difficult. But I can see the hand of God. I can see the move of God, how he shifted people around and brought, after a few years, a group of unified people. And we haven't had that for seven, eight years or whatever. And let me tell you, it's really, really wonderful leading a unified church. It is really, really wonderful. Thank you. As we step out, God steps in. Another time I was a youth leader, I was about 20, and I was running a youth, a youth group at another church, and we were running around the backyard, and, and we were running playing this crazy game, and one of the young adults fell over. Young adults. He was a teenager. One of the kids, 14-year-old kids, fell over. Tim Clipsom, if you know Tim, and, 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 he, and he really hurt his knee, busted his knee. He was sitting on the ground, really, really sore, and I raced up to him. He's, he's, one, he's one of the Christian kids, one of the church kids. And I said, Tim, are you okay? He goes, no, nah, my knee's busted. I said, can I pray? God had prepared me to pray, and I saw something wrong. I went, what else do you do? I'm going to pray. That's what the word of the Lord says to pray. So I stepped out courageously, stuck my hand on his knee, and I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And in that moment, God stepped in, something that I've never experienced ever before. Under my hand, under the skin, something moved. Bones moved. I don't know what it was, but something moved. I felt it. Tim felt it. And by that, pain left, and he was up playing again. As I stepped out, God stepped in. That's what he does, friends. As we step out, God steps in. Let's get real. Dave, let's get real this morning. Here's a question for you. In what area of your life do you need to step out? God has prepared you for that area. He's prepared you. He's been working on you. He's still working on you. What's the area today, if you get your courageous card out and if you maybe need another one, What's the area you're going to put on this card today and say, I'm going to, I need to step out in this area? What would, it, what would you write on the card? If you haven't got a card, that's fine. Get, think about it. Grab one at the end and write it down. Stick it in your wallet. Because God has prepared you for that. And you know what? He is, he, he, if it's come to mind, the thing you need to step out is because God has spoken to you about it. Maybe through the Word. Maybe through another person. Maybe... As you've been in, in a mentoring relationship and someone's holding you accountable to something that God wants you to do, where is that thing you need to step out? And as you do, God will step in. Let me give you some examples as, as we come to a close. Maybe it's in the area of forgiveness. Someone's hurt you. They've said the wrong thing. They've broken confidentiality. They haven't done what they said they were going to do. And there's pain, and you're angry about it, and you're hurting about it. The word of the Lord to you, friends, is that God wants you to forgive them. And as you choose to step out and go, all right, God, if you want me to forgive, I will be obedient, and I will choose to forgive. And as you choose to forgive, God steps in, and, and, and he gives you the ability to let go. He gives you the ability to release that person from what they owe you because they've hurt you. They, you, you. God gives you the ability to release them from that. And then he also begins to heal your heart because you've chosen to forgive and be obedient to the word of the Lord. Or maybe it's reconciliation. This, it's, it's not just about forgiving them. It's about Mending the relationship. And so you bust it up with someone. You know the Lord wants you to reconcile. 
You stepping out is picking up the phone or texting, more likely text, and say, hey, love to catch up. You catch up with a person, and with fear and trepidation, oh dear, I'm going to be confrontational here. Anyone fear of confrontation? Be honest, confrontations. All, all the people, that was so funny. Everyone is fear of conf- confrontation to this. Anyone fear of confrontation? Yeah, 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 right, right, yeah. That was funny. You're fearful of what you're going to say, but not only that, you're actually more, feel, more fearful about how they're going to respond. And so you say, hey, um, not you're an idiot, you don't say that. You say, hey, um, when that happens, that really hurt. That, that hurt me when that happened. And by doing that, you're giving them the opportunity to say sorry. And, and the first step in reconciliation is sorry, forgive me. And as you do that, you know, God steps in. He changes hearts or he starts a process of healing, starts a process of reconciliation. Maybe it's, uh, what else have I got here? Maybe someone you know needs help. Maybe someone needs a meal cooked, their house cleaned, just a phone call, a conversation. It's as you step out and and you meet that person's need, God steps in. And not only is that person blessed, but you're blessed and encouraged as you obey the word of the Lord. Or maybe it's to pray for somebody. You see someone in need, like we prayed for Marla's cousins, Marla's cousins cousin today. As we pray for them, you know, we don't know her, but someone that you know and you pray for them and you see a shift, you see a change, and you see the wonderful move of God as you pray for them and then God moves powerful in their life. Not only are they encouraged, but you're encouraged because you know that God is on the throne and that he is moving and he is changing. Maybe it's in the area of finances. You know what the word of the Lord is to get the first, the first fruits and honor him with your first. But you know things are tight and you're struggling. But it's as you step out in obedience and honor God in the things that he wants you to do, he meets you in that place and he promises to meet all your needs according to his riches that are in glory. Maybe it's an unsaved family member or a friend, someone you know who's not saved like Mel talked about today, someone you know who's not saved and, you're, and there's this desire in you to see them saved. And if there's no desire in you, you still know the word of the Lord that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So you're right, all right, God's put me in this person's life. I have a responsibility, but God, I'm freaking out about what to say. I don't know if I'm going to have the right answers, but let me tell you that God's prepared you. He's prepared you because he's given you a story. He's given you a testimony. He's given you your story of God's change in your life. And all you need to do is share that. Or say, hey, our church is doing something really cool. It's called Alpha. Can I show it to you? I mean, how, how simple and genius is that, Mel? Genius. Simple. You step out with fear and trepidation and you share your faith. And as you do, God moves by spirit. That person Ears are open, heart is open, and responds. Always don't respond in that moment. It's one step closer for them to respond to Jesus. And they might need a number of other testimonies, another, a number of other moves of God in their life, but it's another step closer for them committing their life to Jesus. Last one, maybe it's a new thing. You're trying a difficult thing, a challenging thing, something that's outside your comfort zone, friends. It's as you step out into that in obedience to the word of the Lord, God will meet you there. Friends, 
It's as you step out, God steps in. What is it for you this morning? What is that area that you need to step out? Have, have, have you got one? Is anyone willing to share it out loud right now? We'll get real. Let's take action. Who is willing to share with everyone just in a couple of words the area where they need to step out this morning? Go for it. You know, when I put these questions up on the screen, I hope you just don't sit there and go, I hope you go, yeah, what is that thing for me? Because that's where God works. It's in when, when, when two or more are gathered together, he's here in our midst. And when we consider and when we think, God can stir, God can reveal, God can show you the very next thing for your life. He can drop something into your mind that you never thought of before. Imagine. Imagine a life where you got really serious about this obedience thing. You, had fearful, you, you were fearful in a few areas. And God spoke to you specifically about what he wanted you to do. And he went, all right, God, here I go. Step out and you go, wow, God, look what you did. And the next area, I'm a bit fearful here, God, but I know you want me to do it. I'm going to step out. Oh, wow, God, look what you did. And another area, a bit fear, I'm a bit fearful here, but I'm going to step out. Wow, God, look what you did. Imagine living a life of, wow, God, look what you did. Imagine living a life of, wow, God, wow, God, look what you did. Wouldn't that just be the best? Would that be the best? Well, you're going to get that sort of life as you step out in obedience. Because as you do, God will step in.